welcome to the 21st edition of HGF's Fashionably IP podcast. My name's Rebecca Field, I'm a Chartered Trademark Attorney at IP law firm HGF and I'm joined by my colleague Lee Curtis, also a Chartered Trademark Attorney at HGF. Hello and Happy New Year. Indeed, Happy New Year. As you know, the Fashionably IP podcast has been developed from the success of the Fashion and IP LinkedIn group which is run by us and now rapidly is approaching 15,000 members, including many of the leading IP council across the world, both in-house and in private practice. This podcast series finds inspiration from the subjects commented on in that group. If you are not a member of the Fashion IP LinkedIn group, please find it amongst the groups on LinkedIn and simply apply to join. Also, please don't forget our Retail and IP LinkedIn group, which discusses IP stories in the retail sector and often touches on fashion retail. Now, to be clear, this podcast is not legal advice and if you have any queries on the points we have raised, please contact us directly at either rfield at hgf.com or knee at alcurtis at hgf.com. Now, in this podcast, we are going to talk about the issue of exhaustion of rights, which is an important issue for fashion retailers and indeed IP rights holders. Our discussion will centre on the United Kingdom as new legislation has recently been introduced by the UK government to make clear what the regime is at present in the UK and also there have been some rumours that the regime could change in the UK. However, we firstly have to tell you a little bit about HGF once again. We appreciate that many of our listeners may have heard this all before, but for those who are new, we are sure that you do want to hear about HGF. So HGF, HGF is one of the leading IP firms in Europe. We have offices across the UK, the Republic of Ireland, the Netherlands, France, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. We manage the IP portfolios of many of the world's leading companies and can do all things IP, whether that is clearing your IP, registering your IP or enforcing your IP. Now back to Rebecca, fashion and IP rights. Thanks, Lee. So in this 21st podcast, we are going to be discussing the issue of exhaustion of IP rights in the world of fashion. So, Lee, why are the exhaustion of rights so important in the world of fashion retail in particular? Thanks, Rebecca. Well, exhaustion of rights are important because they control an IP rights holder's ability to control their distribution chain. I am old enough to remember that they became big news in the 1990s in the United Kingdom when the major supermarkets attempted to import branded clothing into the United Kingdom, most notably jeans, in the United States of America. The main driver for this trade being that such branded goods were then cheaper in the US compared to the UK. Now, ultimately at the time that was prevented because the UK was a member of the European Union and the EU then, and indeed still does, applied a regional exhaustion rights regime, so IP holders could not, subject to a few exceptions, which we will discuss later, prevent the reseller product put on the market for the first time in the European Economic Area, or EEA, by the IP rights holder or with their consent. As the branded genes had been put on the market for the first time outside the EEA, notably in the US, the brand rights holders could prevent their importation and sell into the United Kingdom. Now, I've talked about exceptions to the rule with regards to exhaustion of rights in the UK and the EU, and here I'm concentrated on trademarks. So what are those exceptions, Rebecca? 
Well, there are actually two exceptions. The first exception is where the physical condition of the branded goods has been adversely impacted. So if we go back to the genes example, if the physical condition of the genes has in some way been degraded by the resale, even if they had been originally sold for the first time in the EEA, then the brand owner could legitimately object to their resale. A second exception is less physical. EU case law has held that at least with regards luxury branded goods, if the so-called aura of luxury is impacted by the resale process, then the brand owner can object to the resale of branded product. A notable EU case on this issue dates from 2009, which concerned Christian Dior and Copad, where Christian Dior were successful in objecting to the resale of their branded perfume product by Copad because it was being resold in discount stores, and this impacted the aura of luxury which surrounded the Christian Dior product. Now, Lee and I speculated in an article in the Oxford Journal of Intellectual Property back in 2010 that this principle could, in theory, apply to any branded product, indeed, any branded fashion product, where there was a difference in the trade channels, where the first sale happened and where the resale happened. So, Lee, we've talked a lot about EU case law. What relatedly recent event has upset all of this for the United Kingdom? I think you're talking about the B word, Rebecca, Brexit. Uh, Rebecca and I have talked a lot about Brexit in these uh, fashionably IP podcasts, and it again impacts on the issue of exhaustion of rights. Now, with Brexit, the UK and the EU now operate slightly different exhaustion of rights regimes. At least from the UK perspective, they are often referred to as being lopsided. Now, the EU has effectively maintained its existing exhaustion of rights regime. The only difference is that the United Kingdom is no longer part of it, as the UK is no longer a member of the EEA. For the UK, this is where the lopsided part comes in, as it applies regional exhaustion rights uh, system, which includes the UK, but also the EEA. So if branded fashion products are put on the market for the first time in the UK and the EEA, the brand owner can prevent their resale, subject to the two exceptions that Rebecca discussed earlier. However, this means parallel importation of branded product from the UK into the EEA can be prevented, but the branded product going the other way cannot, and this is the lopsided nature of the relationship with regards to exhaustion rights between the UK and the EU. So, Rebecca, has the UK government discussed changing the exhaustion of rights regime? So, the UK government did enter a consultation back in 2021 to consider changing the exhaustion of rights regime in the UK. Four options were considered at that time. Um, the first, maintaining the status quo. Number two, moving towards a national exhaustion of rights regime, which was probably the most brand-friendly and retailer anti-regime. The third, going to an international exhaustion of rights regime where exhaustion of rights would apply anywhere in the world if the branded goods had been put on the market for the first time by the IP owner or with their consent. And finally, fourth, a mixed exhaustion system. Switzerland has such a system in place where the regime is different for different goods and services. In the end, the UK government decided to maintain the status quo on the basis of lack of evidence. Now, the present regime has recently been cemented into law by the retained EU Law Revocation and Reform Act 2023. Now, on Brexit, EU laws were effectively transposed into UK laws. 
What retained EU Law Revocation and Reform Act 2023, which was passed in May, provided for that by the end of 2023, the government has to decide what previous EU law had to be repealed, revoked or amended. Now, although the impact of this act was subsequently significantly curtailed, the government had to make it clear what exhaustion of rights had to apply and again, they went for simply maintaining the status quo. However, that does not mean that things won't change, does it, Lee? No, indeed, it does not, Rebecca. Although the UK government has no concrete plans to change the exhaustion of rights regime in the immediate future, there have been rumours. In August, the Financial Times reported that there were rumours that the UK government was considering possibly introducing an international exhaustion of rights regime. Such a regime would be seen as a benefit of Brexit. The logic being an international exhaustion of rights regime would push prices down, particularly in the fashion sector, although it would not be very attractive to IP rights owners, although potentially it would be very attractive to retailers, especially supermarkets who engage in parallel importation. Remember those genes from the 1990s. Now, we have heard no more on any proposed changes to the regime, and it seems unlikely that this government has time to enact any changes. A general election has to be called by January 2025. It is likely that such an election will actually happen earlier, possibly this spring or in the autumn of 2024. If the government were to propose a change to the regime, it would have to go out to consultation before any change is enacted. So there does not appear to be any immediate prospect of a change in the regime. However, what the retained EU law revocation or reform act 2023 does provide for is for the UK courts to, to actually start departing in this area of law from EU case law. Uh, they've already done that with regards to the issue of acquiescence in the recent Court of Appeal case concerning industrial cleaning equipment Southampton Limited, where the court held that the five-year acquisitions period begins from when the proprietor was aware the mark was in use and the mark was indeed registered, whether or not the proprietor is aware of the mark actually being registered. Now, this might suggest that the courts maybe will apply different principles to the broad exhaustion of rights regime in place in the UK in the future. And of course, in time, that regime may change. We hope that you've enjoyed our 21st Fashionably IP podcast and more will follow in the months to come. Please do feel free to share this podcast and rate it on the various platforms. And also feel free, if you've not already done so, to listen back to our previous podcasts. Also, please do apply to join our various LinkedIn groups, notably Fashion and IP and Retail and IP. I'd like to say thanks very much for listening and we'd like to wish all of our listeners a very happy new year. Goodbye and again, happy new year. 